This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. It is match day's eve, as we like to describe it over here on TGT. Uh, we play Leicester tomorrow, which means, of course, we'll be doing a preview show for that game this evening. You can join me at five o'clock with three of our members from the Discord server, including another debutant. Very excited to get more new faces onto the channel. You can join up as a member and join our Discord and get yourself on the preview shows too. Link to the membership is always in the video description. But I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing good. Drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. What we're going to do is we're going to drop in a poll a little bit later on into the chat box. So make sure you're prepared for that big question. Uh, good morning to Matt G in the chat box. Getting in there first. Rob, good morning to you. Adam, Peeny Ween, Stevie, Sartvik, uh, Jonathan, Jose, Harvey, uh, Clearaway Dave joining us as well. Rich, Carnu, Tony, uh, Taz joining us as well. Pedro, Bobby. Uh, we've got Chris P in there. We've got uh, scrolling down a little bit more. I, th- I thought I saw someone saying it's their birthday and it's their first time joining in live. Deepak in the chat. Morning, guys. Finally get to watch Tom live and it's on my birthday. Welcome and happy birthday, mate. And if chat box, you could wish Deepak a happy birthday. I'm sure he would very much appreciate that. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. We've got Mark Wilson. We've got Brad. We've got Nimish. We've got Alistair. We've got Stephen, JDB. Uh, and top of the morning to you, Kat, as well. Hope you're having a fantastic day, people. And uh, yeah, let's crack on. With the stories, as always, please do go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. We are less than 400 subs from hitting 10k subs over there in the space of just a single season. Amazing achievement from the whole team. Um, so thank you so much for everyone that supported us over there. Uh, you can watch Mikel Arteta's press conference from yesterday on the channel. And also you'll be able to tune in with me uh, on Monday morning at 9.30. But you'll have a predictor show with Chris and Guy, I think on there this afternoon so plenty of things to be excited about as well speaking of uh, the arsenal way and any pieces that you can go and check out i did a few yesterday for football.london one of them about arsenal missing out on savio which we'll discuss a little bit more detail soon and the impact that that has on edu and the kind of tactics that maybe we should consider 
to improve our record in the transfer market with these young talents. Another piece looking at how Arteta has already hinted at how he will approach the next three games based upon some of the previous fixtures he's had and how it doesn't look like he's going to be rotating all that much. And a final piece talking about how Arsenal are approaching more young homegrown players. Uh, we obviously talked yesterday about Chukwemeka. Uh, and we also talked about Michael Lise at uh, Crystal Palace and Aston Villa and how those two would represent more homegrown additions to the squad, uh, just in case the Premier League or the FA decide to lower the quota. Now, massive congratulations to Gabriel Martinelli, who got his first senior call-up to the Brazilian national side. Gabriel Magalhaes as well getting called up. But this is uh, Gabby's first senior call-up to the team, alongside two very good young wingers in Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr., as well. So a big congratulations to him and uh, let's hope he smashes it and comes back safe and not very injured. Uh, this is another way of looking at it. Frustrating, but you know, getting experience in the Brazilian national side is going to be huge for him. So I look forward to getting all the feedback from that. Now, Bruno Guimaraes, we haven't spoken about this guy in a while, but interestingly, he's been speaking to the media after his move to Newcastle and admitting that actually there wasn't anything really concrete on the table from anyone other than Newcastle. And that's why he chose Newcastle. In fact, his exact words were, I did speak to some other clubs, but the only concrete offer came from Newcastle and I really wanted to come here. I'm sure if you put a contract of that level on that table, a lot of people probably would as well. But I just find this a bit strange considering the fact that, you know, he talked, or not talked, but he used his announcement video to highlight all of the interest from Arsenal and then went to sign for Newcastle, which is a little bit of a backwards way to announce your signing. But then to come out and admit that there was no concrete offer on the table ever from Arsenal, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a strange one. A little bit of a strange one indeed. <laughs> Moving onwards to more positive things. Uh, actually, not yet, because the Man City have beaten Arsenal to the signing of Savio, uh, the Atletico Minero, 17-year-old winger. He will join up with French side Trois, who are part of the City Football Group before going on loan to PSV. The expectation is and then go to Man City. Arsenal supposedly really did try and push to get this deal done and get in above Man City, but have ultimately ended up failing. And I wrote about this yesterday and about how Edu needs to approach the market a bit differently and also about how we need to try and create some established relationships with other clubs to help ourselves in this type of deal so that we can offer routes to senior football without necessarily it being at Arsenal, something that they need to consider a lot more. Let's go on to more interesting news. And we're speaking here about a player who I genuinely knew nothing about prior to hearing about the link. Arda Gula, who is a young Fenerbahce player. Um, now, the former head coach of uh, Turkey, Errol Totguzla, uh, has been speaking. He spoke to CNN and said, I don't think Arda will stay in Turkey too long. Um, I know there are offers from Arsenal and Bayern Munich. With each passing match, the number of these teams will increase. 20 to 30 million euros for Arda will remain very ordinary. I was looking at this guy this morning. Uh, he's already at 17 years of age, breaking into the first team. In the under-19 Super League, he scored four goals in eight games from an attacking, mid uh, attacking midfield and right-wing position. Coming into the senior Fenerbahce team, though, he's played in Europe. He came on in the Conference League in two appearances, got two assists in the last final 20 minutes or so of those games against Slavia Prague, where Fenerbahce unfortunately went out. Uh, he's been playing in the Europa League qualifying. He came off the bench in those games as well at the start of the season. He's an interesting player and certainly one that's 
considered highly rated and very talented. And Arsenal are said to have made an offer. However, what I would say is I would chill about that news. And if you remember, uh, we talked about Janis Stoika, uh, who was a player playing for F, uh, FCSB uh, in Romania. You may remember that link. And the president, I think it was Gigi Bacali, if I'm right in remembering, um, came out and spoke about how Arsenal had made an offer for Ianis Stoika. Nothing came of that move. And I have a feeling that this is a little bit similar. Putting those big names down, Arsenal, Bayern Munich, getting that interest higher. Um, we know these types of tactics. Um, we know Arsenal being used very much so as a name to try and drive up prices. Uh, I mean, on transfer marks, he's rated at £675,000, not even breaking the million-pound mark yet. But I've not seen anything anything of him at all. I'm not going to judge him based on that. I'm going to judge him based upon what I do see when I do a little bit more uh, watching of what he's like as a player. But he's played in attacking midfield, at right wing, left mid, centre mid. He's played in a number of positions uh, for Fenerbahce and their youth team. So... We'll wait and see what happens on this one, but I have a feeling that it's a little bit more talk than substance in this case. Uh, moving on to our penultimate story. And now, I know that I can come across sometimes a little bit told you so. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to take this opportunity just to say, Renata Sanchez, I, I, I kind of told you so. Uh, I, I, I did. Now, Bailey, and I know you're probably watching this, mate, uh, and you, I know you're not working today and you're off, but if you are tuning in, I just have to say that it was always going to happen. Renata Sanchez, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, got injured last night for Lille. Hamstring injury, another hamstring injury. It could keep him out for a significant period of time. We're not, we don't know the full extent of the injury at this point. But this proves and goes to show why I've been saying consistently I would not go for Renata Sanchez because the risk of injury is just far too high. It is so, so high that this guy gets repetitive injuries and injuries that aren't just like an odd game, but will keep him out for a significant period. And he's got injured again. Uh, Matt, I'd, I'd, I'd love to sit here and say I'm not smug about someone getting injured, but there is a little part of me that that is a little bit smug. I'm not going to lie because I've been saying this <laughs> non-stop. How many injuries, how many games have been missed by Renato Sanchez is about to go up. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign him. I just wouldn't put down the 30 million plus that it would take to get him into the team. He's a very, very talented player, a very, very good player, but and it's nothing to do with his quality. It is all to do with the risk of injury. And, you know, just I can't I can't commit to putting that amount of money down on a player like Renato Sanchez, who I could uh be willing to put down a significant amount of money on is Villarreal's young attacking midfielder slash wide player, Jeremy Pino. Uh, really, really interesting Spanish player, uh, currently playing for Unai Emery, as I said, at Villarreal. He's actually played against Arsenal before as well. I've written about him as a possible option if we were to say move on from Nicolas Pepe. Um, but according to a report from El Desmac, who I'd never heard of as an outlet, uh, just doing a quick <laughs> little bit of research, they seem to be a Madrid based uh, outlet um but that might be wrong but it says madrid in big letters on the on the website so i'm assuming that's the case um but Jeremy pino apparently uh, is interesting a number of clubs real madrid are, are one of the clubs that we've always been aware he has an 80 million euro release clause in his contract which is about 67 ish billion pounds which is a lot it was at 30 million euros last season when we played against Villarreal and got knocked out of course in the semi-finals 
But um, what I do think is that if you can get him for a cheaper deal, and I wouldn't be going over 40 million, you've got the chance to get yourself one of the best young players on the continent right now. Uh, someone who's going to be coming through the ranks, someone who's going to be very much impressing. Um, and yeah, he's a great talent. I think he scored four against Espanyol uh, in one game, just not so long ago as well. And I think that doubled his, his tally for the season. Uh, in terms of how many goals he scored in the entire campaign. I think he scored two up until that game and then scored four in one. There's a lot to come from him at 19 years of age. Keep your eyes on him. Don't forget his name. He will be coming through and uh, being quite an interesting profile to keep tabs on. Anyway, let's round off the news there. And that is our final story, which means we'll be coming to you guys in the chat box. So if you have anything that you'd like to discuss Throw those questions in and we'll be going through as many of them as feasibly possible. Okay, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Jonathan says, right-footed left winger, wouldn't Pedro Gonçalves be more attractive and cheaper? I love Pedro Gonçalves as well. Or is it, it is the it is a soft C. It's not a hard C, I'm pretty sure, in Portuguese. So Pedro Gonçalves, yeah. Um, he's a player that came onto my radar when he was playing at Familicao uh, previously and obviously moved to, to Sporting. But he's been around the block a bit, has Pedro. I mean, I think he was in the Wolves Academy and then went to Valencia and then has gone back to Portugal after coming through at Braga. So he's been well-travelled. He's got experience at a young age, which Mikel Arteta likes. I would certainly be looking at him as a possible option. Um, but there are other options out there for Arsenal. Perhaps Jeremy Pino could be one of them. Joshua says, which right-back should Arsenal target this season? Much love from Germany. Thank you so much, mate. Hope you're doing good. Right-back targets this summer. Um, in terms of right-backs, I will tell you, I wouldn't go for. I wouldn't go for Jed Spence as as an option. Just not interested uh, in my <laughs> in going for him after the kind of the advice I've taken from those that have watched a considerable amount of what he's been able to offer at both Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Because you you got to sign someone who's going to give you that level of improvement. Masraoui is always the one I go to, but I think he's going to be going off to Barcelona. The other one um, is... Oh, who's the other one that's completely slipped my mind? I've written about him. Ah, João Mario, who is a young uh, Portuguese right back at Porto. Keep your eyes on him. He's an interesting player. And, I mean, it would be quite apt for us to sign a backup Portuguese right back considering we brought in Nuno Tavares on the left-hand side. Perhaps that's a, a route that we could go down. So keep your eyes on João Mario at Porto. He's a possible option as well. Manu saying Kalulu from Milan, maybe someone that we should be looking at. Uh, would I sign Raheem Sterling, says Afsar? Yes, I, I would sign Raheem Sterling. Uh, I think that if you can get him for a reasonable price and he's willing to move on from Manchester City, he's not a player that I think you can easily say no to. Uh, I think he's, gets, or he's getting into Manchester City's team. If you're thinking about a player that we need to be getting into Arsenal, we need to be signing players that get into the teams of those that are fighting for the title. And Raheem Sterling does that on a regular basis. So, yeah, absolutely. I would take Raheem Sterling. Um, Rahil says, hello, Tom. Which Spurs or Newcastle player should you pick for the FPL double game week? I don't pick Spurs players because I'm an Arsenal fan, for starters, um, and that should just be a rule. Like, if you're playing fantasy football and you're picking Spurs players, I'm questioning. I'm questioning your allegiances, people. Never, ever, ever pick a Spurs player. Newcastle, don't pick Joe Willock because I decided to captain him for a double game week and it didn't go too well. Uh, Ryan Fraser, though, might be a decent shout because he's having a 
a very, very decent spell of form, to be fair to him, this uh, small period. Uh, Sterling would command a huge wage. He absolutely would. But, you know, you've got to pay to get quality. And uh, he certainly would provide us with that. Maximir says, wish to discuss this statement from Ralph Ranić about the Russian involvement and singling out Arsenal and Everton. Isn't it hypocrisy when Man United was sponsored by Aeroflot, Russian government-owned air carrier? Look, look, I don't really understand why he's answered the question in that way, to be honest. I'm not going to go into loads of detail because... At the end of the day, there are a lot more people that should be sanctioned alongside the, you know, the, the Russian oligarchs as well. And there are a lot of atrocities going on in the world that aren't getting the same level of attention um, at all. But he shouldn't have put himself in that situation in, in, in a sense of answering that question and why he has done just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, makes absolutely no sense at all why you would do that other than maybe to play a little bit of mind games. If it is that and you're using this situation for your advantage, how desperate are you getting? So anyway, it's not worth really covering any more than that. Mitchell says, go for Salah on a free. He won't sign a new deal. I doubt that it'll be Arsenal that he would pick to go to. In fact, I think he would probably move away from the Premier League if he was to leave Liverpool. Uh, Manu says, it's interesting how I've forgotten how Europe works, but how do you rate your back? How do you rate your back four? And do we have enough depth? Do we have enough depth in our back four? Tierney and Tavares, sure. Tommy Aston and Cedric, we need to improve on Cedric, in my opinion. Um, White, Gabriel, Holding and Saliba. If Holding leaves, then we need to replace. Marie's coming back, could leave. We've got Omar Rekic coming through. Daniel Ballard's future still needs to be resolved as well. I think we've got depth there, but it would depend on whether or not Rob Holding moves on. And we've got Ramsdale and Turner for next season as well. So, yeah, I think there is enough depth in left-back and goalkeeper, and there's a little bit of work maybe to be done at right-back and centre-back in the summer. Uh, Reese says, surely Charlie Patino is the perfect number eight to go alongside Odegaard. Yes, Reese. I was discussing this with Kaya Karnak yesterday, uh, and someone in the chat box also asked, I don't know if it was you, Reese, uh, that asked this question, and I do absolutely 100% agree. I think it's a position that Charlie Patino could flourish in, and it could really be the way in which he sees his route into the Arsenal first team next season. Let's wait and see. Perhaps he needs to go on loan first for a year before coming back. But that was always the impression I had from the club was that he was looked at very much like Saka, not to be someone that would be sent on loan and instead brought straight through into the Arsenal senior setup. Hence why he started against Nottingham Forest. Uh, let's scroll up to if I've missed anything. Zana says, would you take Kevin Volant? No, I wouldn't personally. We should be looking at different profiles younger profiles than Kevin Volland. Jose says, we've seen Arsenal uh, will buy from the Premier League. Who do you think Arsenal should go for this summer? In terms of a Premier League option, um, it's a good question. In central midfield, I think that's the area that you'd be looking. Your Tillemans, your Neves, these types of players in those positions, that's who you're looking at. Uh, depending on the uh, allegations, Eve Basuma again returns as a possible option too. So, there are a fair few that you would look at. I don't think striker though. Ollie Watkins, Calvert-Lewin, I think their stock has fallen. And I think we'll be looking abroad for our striker options in the summer, uh, unless you can somehow get hold of some of the, the more high-profile strikers in the Premier League. But I doubt that would be possible. Uh, scrolling down, Julian uh, says, what's these Partey transfer rumours? Would you like to see him move? Personally, I wouldn't be too disappointed. I think that's harsh. Uh, I think that he would be absolutely catastrophic to lose Thomas Partey. I've not seen uh, this, though. Let's have a quick Google and have a look. Juventus could be trying to disrupt the transfer plans of Arsenal again after reviving previous interest in Thomas Partey. 
well, you can't have him, lads. He's under a long-term contract. And it's Juventus again trying to destabilise Arsenal. What's surprise? If we do get back into the Champions League, I do hope we get them in a group. It would be really quite enjoyable to beat them. <laughs> it really, really would. Uh, Wilson says, why on earth is Bailey so obsessed with Renato Sanchez? The guy is injury prone and Bailey needs to get over it. <laughs> oh, Bailey, I hope you're not watching for your sake. But hey, look, he likes the player and I don't blame him for liking him. He's a fantastic talent, is Renato Sanchez. Um, but he is too injury prone and I would not be going for him at all. Uh, Ismail says, bring in Gabriel Jesus and promote Amari Hutchinson next year. Sharif says, hi, Tom. Does Tommy Asu's injury concern you long term or is it just him still adjusting to the demands of the English football? Look, he's been injured before. It's not a new thing. It's not like the Thomas Partey situation. At Bologna, he missed games. He missed a series of games at Bologna in the last two seasons. So it's not a surprise, to be honest. And I don't think we should be too concerned at the moment. Uh, Talex says, good morning, Tom. Would you be happy if we made a move for Enesri from Sevilla as our new number nine? What are his negatives? Negatives are also fitness. He has struggled with an injury this season. And I mean, when he did suffer that injury and he since come back into the Sevilla first team, he's still just on the three goals so far this season. Rafa Mir is obviously playing quite consistently for Sevilla as well and getting a fair few goals to him to be fair but he came back he got an assist against Real Betis in their 2-1 win in the Seville derby but is has been kind of unable to get back into uh, his flow so he's kind of fallen away for me in terms of possible striker targets and I think we should probably be looking elsewhere Maggi says Tom of all the strikers we're linked with who do you think is the highest ceiling um Jonathan David probably has the highest ceiling of all of them because whilst I think Patrick Schick is of a higher level, he's 26 now, the ceiling isn't going to be as high. Adeyemi is another possible target as well. Massively, uh, has a massive, massive chance of being one of the best strikers in the world one day. So those two are are definitely the ones to have the best and highest ceilings, that's for sure. Uh, Nishad says, given our ever so slightly shaky defence recently, I'll take a few 1-0s in the upcoming game. So Tom, we need a modern day version of your 1-0 Coquelin screamer predictions. Wow, that is a blast from the past. Those long-time listeners to TGT will remember that we used to say uh, a Coquelin 1-0 screamer. I think we're going to have to go over Thomas Partey, to be fair. Like, he's the one we need to pop up of a goal from outside the box. We need that in his game because he's really kind of struggled to get it. Uh, Joshua says, any news on Wilfred Singo? I've heard like, there's been whispers and rumours about Arsenal being interested. It strikes me very similar to that Tommy Asu deal, to be honest. Uh, 21 years of age, three goals, four assists off the top of my head. You know, he's, he's getting on the goal contributions list. Plays at a right wing back position though for Torino instead of a right back role. Not sure if that makes it a little bit trickier to see him in the Arsenal first team. Has played in a back four, but mainly plays in a back five for Torino. So I, I'm not sure if whether or not that's one that will happen. But stylistically, positionally, he's very different to Tommy Asu. Maybe that's what Arteta wants as a stylistically different type of player. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Ibrahim says, how much do you think Milikovic-Savic would cost? If we're going big on a number eight, surely he's the one. Oh, 50 million plus, maybe? Someone's finally got to get him out of Lazio, that's for sure. He needs he needs a move. I always thought Real Madrid might come in for him, but they never did. Uh, or they haven't yet, is maybe a better term. Manu says, Belgian media and people around the club uh, are talking a very strong interest from AC Milan in Charles de Catalea. How did you handle the Zoboslai heartbreak? <laughs> 
Uh, you just deal with it, mate. You have a shirt with his name on the back as a memento, and that's it. That's how you deal with it, and you move on. But I don't think Arsenal are going for him, fella. So, uh, sorry, mate. Uh, JDB says, would I take James Ward-Prowse and Tillemans, or would it disrupt Patino's development? No, I have no problem us bringing in two central midfielders. We spent £72 million on Nicolas Pepe, and look where Saka is now. So, just because you spend a lot of money or you invest a lot in a certain position doesn't mean that if you're good enough, you can't yet break into a team. And, and hopefully we can see that with Patino as well. Why not? We need to be ruthless. We need to give ourselves the opportunity to bring in some top players. And I like James Will-Prowse a lot. And I'd be very open to see him in at Arsenal next season. Uh, Telex says, what does Jonathan David do better than Nketiah? <laughs> oh, that is harsh. Clinical finishing link-up play, versatility, I mean, just the way in which he fits at a higher level and performs at a higher level more consistently. European and international experience leads the Canadian line fantastically well. Uh, operates, as I've already said, at a senior level, which Nketiah has, has certainly differed with, can work with other players, can play in wide left, wide right, can play slightly behind the striker, play as a sole striker, has been shown at Lille and Canada to do that. Where do I go from here? Have I mentioned link-up player? I think so. Just better in every sense by quite a considerable amount, Talex, to be honest. Um, apology. I think that's really harsh of a question, to be fair. Um, what about Arigi? No, thank you. Alazar says, did you think about Madison as an 8 in the Erdogan 4-3-3? Maybe, but I do think of him more as a 10, Madison. That's the problem with him. Uh, Jean says, uh, not going for Renata Sanchez due to the risk of injuries feels strange when without a doubt... I would take Haaland. He has also missed a lot of games due to injuries uh, when he was at Mulder, since when he was at Mulder. I think there's a difference. The difference is that Erling Haaland is arguably one of the next two, in terms of him and Kylian Mbappe, best players on earth for the next 10 years. And when that happens, you can put injuries aside. Lionel Messi suffered with injuries too. And Haaland will get over this and he'll play a consistent stretch. Yes, he suffers with these problems. Um, but there's a difference between arguably the best young player in the world and then going for Renato Sanchez. There is a different duel, I think, between the two. Uh, Maximius says, our under-23s team defeating Spurs last night to win any victory against Spurs is always heartwarming, plus a great goal line save. Uh, absolutely. Was it? I thought it was the other day, unless I'm getting confused with uh, the under-18s. Let me have a quick check. Because uh, that completely slid by. I, I took yesterday evening off after I got off the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was the other day, the NR18s, was it not? Uh, rather than the 23s? I might be wrong. Um, but uh, I thought, because we played Middlesbrough and we lost in the cup. But uh, other than that, I, I thought it was the under-18s that were playing Spurs. But I might be wrong. You'll be able to tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Vengerboy says, uh, I have to be honest, I don't understand all these hypes about Tielemans. He's good, no doubt, but I prefer Ruben Neves. No way better. I like Tielemans for what he does going forwards a lot more, and I think he would suit the number eight position better than Ruben Neves would. I also don't think his season this year is reflective of his overall quality, as I have mentioned a number of times. Um, Wilson says, uh, which two midfielders would uh, should Arsenal be signing? There's loads, Wilson. Uh, we talk about this all the time, like Tillemans, Neves, Fabian Ruiz, Tyler Adams, uh, Florian Neuhaus, Camera, I like a lot at Red Bull Salzburg. But there is loads of players that Arsenal could sign. But arguably, we can move for an even more kind of attack-minded player to play alongside Odegaard, like Bernardo Silva does 
for Manchester City with Kevin De Bruyne. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in as always. Uh, it's always an absolute pleasure to join you. I'll be back uh, this afternoon. Uh, I'll be back <laughs> at five o'clock uh, with the members from the Discord server to look ahead to tomorrow's game against Leicester. So set your alarm clocks for that. Thank you so much for joining me. Drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here as well. Uh, there will be a, a show on the Arsenal way today, I'm sure. No 9.30 show because it's the weekend, but other than that, enjoy your Saturday. Let's hope for a, let's hope for a draw later on this afternoon. Would be much more appreciated. Uh, but other than that, I'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.